Welcome back to the Casual Heresy Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm Michael. Tis the season to open up in a prayer. Wow, this is like deja vu. Right? In the name <laughs> of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We ask that you guide us through our mind, body, heart, and soul to do your will and to just reflect your goodness. We ask that you stay close to us during whatever season of life we're in. And we ask special prayers and blessings to our listeners and their families and loved ones. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, what are we talking about today? Tis the season to be in the season of life that we're in right now. That's right. So we're going to talk about just, yeah, how to live in the season, a.k.a. the present moment that we're in, and then long-term season of life. Because, yeah, right now, Michael and I are in different seasons of life. We're also both in different seasons of life than most people our age are in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because we're not, like, 50 years old deciding to get married now. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm... Getting married in just over a month, and then Michael is at grad school. Mm-hmm. And we're in different seasons, and we're in different time zones. So there, there's <laughs> right. that. That's right. It's almost dinner time for me. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, ultimately for me, when I think about this, what I think about is, what do we call it when... What do we call it when we're not living out our state of life as God is calling us to? Usually, what do we call that? Sin. Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> um, I was th- I was thinking of like usually it's in the context of of sexuality, like when you're not living out your sexuality in the state of life you're currently in purity i was going for chastity chastity yeah yeah chastity so like if you think about it that way yeah because chastity means following your vocation right Mm -hmm. so sometimes i'll encounter people who are like really fixated on aestheticism and monasticism and things like that Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's, if that's what you're called to do, then that that's amazing. But if you don't think that's what you're called to do, then you might have to walk away from that, no matter how appealing it may be, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, a big picture thing, but what would yeah. you say is the, the hardest thing about living out 
your state in life as someone in their early 20s who's engaged and getting married in a few weeks now? (laughs) I think just um, living in the moment and being patient. Yeah. And they those sort of go hand in hand, but um yeah, and just having having a chaste heart and just being willing to wait for what the Lord has in store, and just to be intentional in everything I do instead of thinking ahead or thinking behind things that have passed or things that are to come, so I think that's. That's, yeah, the real core of it. Those are the the guts of my my pumpkin. Yeah. The, wow. The guts of Spencer's pumpkin. I'm not going to say anything more, because I could take that in some pretty interesting places, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... I feel like I I always assumed I've never seen it happen firsthand, but I always assumed that you and Ruby kind of have had to deal with some. How do I put this? I think a lot of people in today's day and age look down on getting married young. Let's put it mm-hmm. that way. And, yeah. And so it's it's gonna be it. It's not something people our age do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like you said, lots of people don't even get married until they're like older than most people in history would have been alive. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, um, it's like, oh, you have to be mature and everything has to be set in stone and comfortable before you get married. And back then, like two generations ago, or maybe even a generation, there was like, you get married and you mature together. You get married mm-hmm. young, you grow together, and then you're a lot farther ahead with each other because you've grown up together and matured together and experienced life together from a young age. But yeah, it's like interesting because our parents, um, I doubt they listen to this, so it's okay. And even if they do, it's okay. Um, both my parents and Ruby's parents weren't fully on board when we were first moving forward with, I mean, being engaged or you're probably even talking about getting engaged. Both of our pairs of parents were hesitant about our decision. Um, and like, I get that as a parent because we're both going to be the first ones being married in our families. But at the same time, and over the course of our engagement, we've seen how our parents have slowly, like, just let go of it and let it, like, reality settle. And and that this is the Lord's will in our life. I think two of the things you said that stuck out to me are, like, um, being comfortable and being, like, set, being steady, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like you said two generations ago. But like two generations ago, that wasn't a thing. There was no such thing as being comfortable and steady. I mean, well, there mm-hmm. barely was, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you go back three or four generations, and then there just wasn't. Unless you were filthy rich, there was no such thing as comfort. Yeah, in that the most sense. comfortable thing you would have is, oh, 
we have today's and tomorrow's meal, not just today's. Yeah, right, like, exactly. <laughs> so it's, I don't know, it's like, and I think this, what this comes down to is we're talking about living your state in life that has nothing to do with your age. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, it often is reflective of that. But like we said at the beginning, you're getting married. I'm in grad school. Mm-hmm. You and me are about what? four months different in age something like mm-hmm. that yep i am there's gosh i think like over 30 grad students in my department and i am the third youngest so hmm. and the, i'd say the average age is around 30 so wow. i i'm the youngest by there's a few of us that are in our early 20s but most people have not gone straight out of undergrad into grad school and that's mm-hmm. fine in in one sense, I feel like now I'm in this state of life, state stage of life. That is, it's not that different from undergrad, but it is still different. It's it, not comfortable. Uh, no, and, initially at least. And it's not connected to age. You know, I think mm-hmm. some people they keep waiting for getting older to advance them to a new state stage of life. You know. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. And then they end up, uh, our culture, we end up doing things in different stages of life when we're supposed to be waiting to do those things in other stages of life. Right. And then that causes damage for the next stages of life and stuff like that. And it's not like, it's not like there's nothing you can do about it. Like you can mm-hmm. do things to advance your your life forward but you're right you shouldn't be doing something in stage a that shouldn't Mm -hmm. be done until stage b you know that's yeah it's it's comes down to convenience and comfort it's just yeah it's so easy to just think you have it easy just the easy way out and just let it flow. I feel I feel like um the easy thing to do is almost always the wrong thing to do. <laughs> like I might be wrong about that, but I, I, I feel like in my own life when I've taken the easiest way out, it's not ended well for me, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's like it's okay to take some of the easy steps, but if you have too many consecutive easy steps, then it gets to be you're too you're in too much of a vulnerable situation and then you just fall into like excessive comfort and then you just fail. Yeah. And you don't even realize you're failing. I think mm-hmm. that's something else that happens. Until you fall flat on your face. Yep. It's like you you keep it letting things slide a little bit and then a little bit and then a little bit and then suddenly you're in a pit and you can't move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the opposite end of things, the only way to actually move forward is bit by bit, you know? That's mm-hmm. like you're not going to get where you want to be in five years tomorrow, you mm-hmm. know? So... 
But if you if you're doing something now and you want to be an expert at it, do it every day a little bit, and then you'll be an expert mm-hmm. in a couple of years. And I think there's something to be said for, like you said, living in the moment, the immediate. Mm-hmm. There's something there's something God wants every single one of us to be doing right now, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's the best thing we can be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of that immediate gratification, like that's not how God works. Yeah, He doesn't work with, oh, like Michael, I'm really, I'm really feeling like. I need donuts right now. Oh, there's donuts in front of me now. Oh, thank you. It's like, it's like, it's like no. magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. God's not a magician. <laughs> exactly. And that's not good for you either. Obviously, donuts aren't good for you, but I'm not mm-hmm. hating on the donuts. Like, sometimes it's okay to have a donut, donuts. obviously. Yeah. It's yeah, like pizza, yeah, that's, except for the morning. Yeah, or actually exactly anytime, but yeah <laughs> they're both they're both anytime <laughs> it's a little more sugary than pizza <laughs> unless it's a, unless it's a breakfast pizza what's what's the sugar in the breakfast pizza so like a like a Eggs? i think it is that the sugar no no bacon? no 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 bacon you're thinking of you're thinking of a, <laughs> i mean something different by breakfast you, <laughs> donut, you make a donut pizza one? crust pizza crust and then you put like this this uh strudel crumble on it and instead cinnamon. of instead of yeah instead cinnamon and then instead of tomato sauce you use like cinnamon roll frosting yeah it's yeah. it's really good yeah yeah i remember they used to have that at black hog yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. so yeah but yeah no it's not about it's not about what feels good i mean it shouldn't feel horrible you know, I would mm-hmm. say that like if you're going through life and you're like, I think God wants me to to do this and then you go do it and you're like a miserable, oppressed human being, mm-hmm. then you've probably discerned something wrong there. You know, that's God doesn't want us to be miserable. That mm-hmm. is a pretty strong indicator that something's not right there. So yeah. I don't know. I'd say I'd say it's a that part's a fine line, but the um it's a fine line, but I think it's a wider. Sometimes people think of it like being wrong or right, but I think sometimes there's there's kind of a wide path that can be right, you know. Mm-hmm. You just have to stay on the path. And there and, might be different terrains, yeah, slightly along that one path, but it's still like the same path. Yeah. There might be a rock here. And a stick there or something, leaves. Just miscellaneous, thi- not necessarily miscellaneous, but it's not just yeah, one or the other. There's options that are, there's multiple options that are good in favor of staying on the path. This is kind of turned into discernment now. <laughs> like I feel In like yeah. There's a analogy that I was I really like that is about discernment that um think of it like driving your car through the woods, right? Mm-hmm. And to discern the way you're supposed to go, 
there's a lot of ways to do that wrong. If you're mm-hmm. staring at the map, which would be like analogous of paying really close attention to your dis- your own discernment process, if you're looking too closely at the map, you're going to crash into a tree. And if you're looking too closely at what at your own past, at what what's behind you, if you're lo- staring into your mirrors, you're also going to crash into a tree. Mm-hmm. So and if you think about discernment like that, then you're already in the car, you're already driving through the woods. Your goal, like we talked about, it's the same path. Your goal is to not crash into a tree, you know, is to mm-hmm. stay on the path. <laughs> you will get to where the path is going. That You don't really need to worry about that. God's going to yeah. put that in your way, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. But but the, uh, yeah. Going back to this, or going back to like the convenience part, I think something big that, well, I don't think, I know, something big that, Ruby and I have been struggling with is just willing to being willing to make our meals, make good meals. Mm. It's like, I'm still, I'm out of college, but I'm still stuck in that college phase of just not caring about my meals, even though I should. Oh yeah. And I should be more intentional in making good food. Not good food isn't tasty because there's plenty of that. Good food isn't like healthy and like filling and lasting. And like consistent too. Mm-hmm. Like again, like the donuts, there's nothing wrong with going out to eat once in a while. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, yeah, I know what you mean because like when you're in college, you kind of eat. You're kind of like a bottom feeder. You will eat anything that's like put in front of you right. when it's put in front of you. But like the the different pace I'm on here, I I have plenty of time to go grocery shopping and mm-hmm. do meal meal prep and stuff like that. But I just have to actually do it. That's the trick, mm-hmm. you know. Is it's, it's so time. easy not to. It's so yep. easy not to. It's like I could just, you know, I have to drive past Taco Bell almost every day <laughs> it's just like you know it would be so easy to just pick up some taco bell instead of going home and making pasta mm-hmm. but i don't want to spend a half hour or 40 minutes doing a meal instead i'm right? just gonna buy some pizza it's like but then at the mm-hmm. same time i'm you're we're all more than willing to sit in a drive drive through line for half an hour but we're not gonna be willing to go home and wait for our food to cook so <laughs> Yeah. I think the state stage in life, state in life, part of that is your own. I'm I'm thinking of like right now when I'm talking about discernment and vocation, I don't mean the capital V vocation, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking of like, what is your place within your own parish? You know, mm-hmm. like what is your, what is your role there? And beyond just, obviously it's to go to mass because that's what that's part of being in a parish you know (laughs) but (laughs) it's part of being catholic so if you're asking if you're thinking like oh my role at our parish is i'm just somebody who goes to mass it's like well probably not like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's then then the odds are you're probably called to do a lot of things outside of the parish if that is your vocation to interaction within the parish Mm -hmm. you know because anybody, everybody does that. Anybody can. Right. Exactly. There's, there's something so, that there's a reason why you're at, at that parish. 
but you have to be willing to take that next step. Yep. And that's something that you need to, you need to ask God for insight on. Cause you know, maybe it's that there's that one, that one person that you see at mass who's like clearly struggling with something, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, maybe, maybe you're called to help them. And I'm not saying you should go give unsolicited advice to people because then you're going to turn into a boomer. But, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> like pray, pray about it. Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people think of being involved in a parish as something that only boomers do, you know, mm-hmm. or if you're at a really young parish, then it's okay. It's like, it, it it's not really different. This, this gets back to our young adult com- conversation now, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're out of college, your stage in life with relationship to your parish is like, you should be, there there's there's volunteering and like helping to grow it yeah exactly yeah make a step somewhere and like who cares if everyone else who's doing the volunteering is in their late 40s to early 60s -hmm. like who actually cares they're there because they think it's important and you're there because you think it's important Mm -hmm. and like the fact that no one else your age is willing to go help this particular parish because there's too many old people. I don't know. There's so many things wrong with that. I don't even know where to start. Actually, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like I get it. Maybe, maybe they have a liturgy you don't like, but you know why that's not changing? Because you're not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like there's nobody maybe, to change it. No, no exactly. voice to say say something. And there's no. Vo- maybe they don't even. Maybe they're not even doing it on purpose. You know. Mm-hmm. maybe they they haven't had an outside voice come in since the 80s and they still think that marty houghton is appealing to the youths you know mm-hmm. like i don't i don't i don't know it, yeah exactly like i get it it would be nice to be in kind of a um a utopian young adult parish because those are out there <laughs> but it but it's like that's kind of like to me it feels kind of like sterile and self-contained you know mm-hmm. it's yeah. like we're all going to stick together so that we don't have to interact with the parts of the church that we don't like mm-hmm. it's like that's i don't know then there's that, no growth there's no growth yeah. unless people are coming in to the parish there's new people but that yep. only happens into your own group then but if you were mingling with everybody. If everybody was able to get along with each other and grow together as a whole parish, then then you'd bring people in and grow as a whole instead of growing as quote unquote diverse groups, age groups, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean that, like you said, there's no growth. Growth, growth is comes out of conflict. So if you're like somebody who doesn't like conflict good nobody nobody should like conflict mm-hmm. but like you have to disagree john the baptist with... <laughs> yeah that's fair enough fair enough but like you have to disagree with people in order to like do anything get anything productive done you have to risk mm-hmm. being and having an argument you know and i don't mean having a fight you can be kind and have an argument, you know? Have a productive it's, argument, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a lost art. 
and I'm not claiming to be good at that because yeah the the they, only time people say like arguments are productive is like debates but debates aren't arguments and they're not productive <laughs> like, they, they can be but they're mainly for the audience that's watching yep but yeah it's like it's not an argument because it's i'm not trying to change your mind my opponent's mind i'm trying to change the people that are listening and watching like i'm trying to just give them the truth of my side here Mm -hmm. and hopefully that gets them to be open and think about it you want people walking away thinking about arguments you want to win yeah you want to convince the person you're arguing with that that you are right you know Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't know that's i feel like that's what being in a parish is you know yeah because if you don't do that then you're gonna get stepped on you're gonna get trampled on and nothing's ever gonna get better you know, so if there's something you don't like that you think is wrong, or even better still that you know is wrong, that's going on at your parish, then say something. You're probably gonna ruffle some feathers, but that's okay. It's like it's easy to walk away. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have started an argument and then deal with the consequences of that. As they unfold. And it's convenient for you, and it's more comfortable for you to walk away. But then it's less convenient for everybody else that was involved because then they're like, well, now this is just out in the open air. What are we doing with this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, all in all, just... This... the, The whole what is your state in life thing... Mm-hmm. This reminds me a lot of our conversation about young adult communities because I feel like a lot of that is wanting to stay at that stage. One yeah, wanting to stay being one of the youth, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like you you can't stay there forever. In fact, arguably as a young adult, you shouldn't be there at all. Yep. Unless you're unless you are like one one of the leaders right and then more power to you you know you're Mm -hmm. doing something good but yeah so get out there and live the season that you're in because tis that season and you're only gonna be in it for who knows how long yeah for as long as you're in it but then once you're not in it you need to be ready to be not in it Mm -hmm. you know be ready for that next step, yeah. Don't trip. And I don't know, maybe this is just me, but in my experience, when I was praying at times of my life, when I a season was changing in my life, mm-hmm. I was aware of it, you know? Like, I'd go yep. pray and I'd be like, yep, this is, something's changing, you know? Something's mm-hmm. going to move. It's happening. And yeah. it's kind of bittersweet, you know? If, if you've been doing well in life, it's kind of bittersweet, mm-hmm. you know? But it's it's something, and that comes down to prayer, I guess. Because if you're if you are aware of it, then you're kind of able to brace yourself and embrace it as it comes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just once you take that step of that next season, just 
be prepared for another step at some point, but don't be waiting for that. Live in the season before you are just too focused on the next step. Live in God's moment, which is now. That's the it's only, always now. That's that's only where it is. Yep. Well, should I close this out in a closing prayer? Yeah. Please. All right. Thank you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're welcome. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this conversation. We thank you for all of the gifts you bestowed on our lives. We ask you to be with our listeners, to help them to see, to see you acting and moving in their lives. Help them to identify what station and season of life they are in, where they are moving to, and to trust you in that. Help them to stay close to you and to reside with you in your moment forever and always. We ask all this in your precious and holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, we are marching ever closer to our 50th episode. Which is? Which is? Going to mean that we're moving? We're moving to our YouTube channel, our very own YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. But we would still highly recommend you subscribe to Spencer's YouTube empire. He's got (laughs) several channels going. Um... So life cheers. I, I still do that one. Yeah. Life cheers. And there is a Spencer muffler channel, but that is not true. necessarily Catholic related content, but sometimes it is, I think, um, you know, depends on the day. Probably it's more focused on just doing goofy things in life and mm. exercising challenges. But yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it'll be, di- was, yes. it'll be different when we move to the, yeah, the casual heresy from, life cheers detaching it from it we got a few projects in the in the works for that too some some special content that will not be related to sponsorship so Mm -hmm. rusty spencer muffler here to you god bless you for the casual heresy podcast with michael and spencer